This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here, share some experiences with you, share some ideas, and what a special, what a wonderful Shabbos it is. It's a Shabbos that we join Jews throughout the entire world celebrating the Shabbos Project, something which, of course, is made in South Africa, our own chief rabbi, Rabbi Warren Goldstein. He's the one He's the brain, it's the brainchild of the chief rabbi, and it has spread like wildfire throughout the world. It's a Shabbos that, well, I know for a fact so many people wait the entire year for the Shabbos to celebrate, to enjoy, and to actually observe, to fulfill a Shabbos in the fullest sense of the word, correctly and properly, to take that which Shabbos can give to receive that which Shabbos can give, the incredible energy of Shabbos, the incredible gift of Shabbos, and make it their own. And throughout South Africa, Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, and points beyond, there will be so many people walking to shul tonight, back home again tomorrow, celebrating having a wonderful Shabbos at home or with friends or at shuls. So many shuls have wonderful activities, all planned for the Shabbos. And it's important for us to understand that Shabbos is something which is essential to the very existence of the Jewish people. When God created the world, it says that he rested on Shabbos, a concept which is a bit difficult for us to understand. For six days, God was actively involved in bringing the world into being each day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, each and every single day, another dimension of God's incredible creation came into being and on Shabbos he rested and we have to understand what does divine rest really mean and how it relates to us and the only way that we can actually understand that dimension is by experiencing that dimension when we ourselves become Shomer Shabbat when we begin to observe Shabbat well in the spirit of the law to the letter of the law we somehow make ourselves vessels to receive the incredible energy drive that Shabbos is able to give us indeed, that is able to give all of creation. So a huge Yashikach to our chief rabbi, a shout out to the chief rabbi, well done. And throughout the world, I know that many, many people are joining this Shabbos to celebrate this incredible event, the Shabbos project that may it go from strength to strength. And it's a Shabbos which is connected with the Parsha of Ayera, or be the Parsha of Ayera. And of course, Ayera continues with the life story of our first patriarch, Avraham Avinu, our father, Abraham. And what a story it is, and what a human being he was. He was an individual who stood up and changed the world single-handedly. It's difficult for us to understand that sort of of personality and that sort of concept. But from time to time throughout history, there were those individuals who simply had the passion, the drive, the insight, the divine strength to change the world for the better, to change the thinking of people, to change the behavior of people, to redirect them, to take them away from a path of, well, negligence and destruction and bring them to a path of growth and development. And this is what Abraham did in a world that is overwhelmed by idolatry, overwhelmed by immorality, overwhelmed by unethical behavior. Abraham, on his own, together with his wife Sarah, sets out to change the world, to change the world and make believers out of idolaters and make ethical people 
of those who were not. And what a job it was and how successful he was. As we read the various commentaries, the various stories about Abraham, we're overwhelmed with the strength, with the vision, with the presence of this individual. How could one man have such power, such incredible foresight to understand what was necessary? And how did it all begin? It began with the story of his own life as a young person. He looked around the world and said, this incredible world cannot exist on its own. It has to come from somewhere. There is a master to this unbelievably, unbelievably great world, a world which acts with such precision, with such exactness, a world that we are able to calculate all sorts of things and everything works according to a precise and exact measure. You take, for instance, Halley's Comet coming back every 70-odd years. I mean, that cannot be coincidental or accidental. Anybody who tells me that a couple of molecules bumped into each other zillions of years ago and slowly this world world came into being. Well, you have to really be a believer in foolishness to accept that idea. It is so far-fetched. It is so far beyond any type of reason. We take a look at a world of order. We take a look at a world of precision. We take a a look at the world of such incredible growth. It had to come from somewhere, argued Abraham. And slowly but surely, he recognized and discovered God within the world. God that was hidden. God that chose to be hidden. God who created the word through the name of Elohim, which has the numerical value, the gematria of Hateva, the nature God who chose to hide his divine presence within what appeared to be a natural physical order. Abraham broke through that veil and recognized the essence and presence of God, God creator of heaven and earth, and God master of heaven and earth. And he wanted to share this with everybody. He lived in a world where people bowed down to idols, where people had forgotten where they came from. People forgot that God brought this world into being. People forgot the whole idea of true faith in one God. And slowly but surely but dramatically, he changes the world and brings the idea of ethical monotheism of faith in one God who gave us a system to live by, a system of decency, a system of goodness, a system that will uphold society, make the individual a person of worth, a person that has a job to do in this world. And what is that job? To continue to reveal godliness in the world and to bring about the ultimate purpose of creation. This is what the story of Abraham's life is all about. And it's a story which develops different events, different incidents that happen from time to time. We see the story of Avraham as he goes into Egypt. We see the battle that he has with the great five and four kings, the battle that he has within his own family, with his nephew Lot, we see an individual of incredible character. And at the age of 99 or 100, God tells him that it's time for him to circumcise himself. Can you imagine a man who had achieved so much, a man who's at the pinnacle of greatness, of divine strength, of changing the world, of bringing the presence of God, the word of God into being, an individual who understands what creation is all about and teaches this message, teaches this information to all of humankind, to all of creation. Why is it necessary for him at the age of a 100 
to circumcise himself and to show faith. After all, the Brit Milah is a symbol of our faith. It's a symbol of our faith that we put into our bodies. Why is it necessary for Avraham to do that? Avraham has shown beyond any doubt whatsoever that he has total and complete faith in God. And yet Hashem says, this is what you must do. This is going to ultimately cement the bond, this incredible relationship between you and me and your children and me. And this has become something which the Jewish people have fulfilled since that time with tremendous dedication and with tremendous self-sacrifice in many instances. And the question is, what happened to Avram at the age of 99 or 100 where he changes his complete way of life in a sense and becomes a new person, a different person, a greater person. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the greatness of Abraham. We're talking about how a man who has really reached the pinnacle of life and spiritual development, becoming a servant of God, changing the world, bringing a message of truth, bringing a message of ethical monotheism, and bringing a message of hope and purpose to all of humankind, to all of creation. At the age of 99, he circumcises himself. This is what we read at the end of last week's Parsha. We're talking about Abraham. We're talking about a man, a man who changes the world, and a man who listens to God at the age of 99 to change the world, to change himself, to go through the process of Brit Milah, circumcision. And the Parsha opens this week, Vayera Elev Hashem, and God appeared to him, and all the commentaries point out, the majority of commentaries say that why did God appear to him now to fulfill the mitzvah of visiting the sick? Abraham was recuperating from this, well, operation, a man of 99, 100 in those days, going through the process of Brit Milah was no easy task, and yet God comes to visit this incredible man. Avraham is sitting outside his tent in the heat of the day, which we'll talk about soon, and God has come to visit. And we have to understand what is the Brit Milah all about. The Brit Milah is not only, well, a physical sign, but for some reason, something which we really don't understand fully, this becomes the symbol of our devotion, of our faith. And yes, Ishmael, his son, Ishmael, also was circumcised on that day. Ishmael was 13 years old. But our mitzvah, God told us that we get circumcised at the age of eight days old. It's an altogether different type of concept. It is a symbol not only of devotion, but that our dedication and connection with God is way beyond anything that we understand. And this is why Avraham, Avraham began his great mission to change the world based upon an incredibly powerful mind that understood so many things. And he reasoned and he rationalized and he came to the conclusion that the only way this world could exist, the only way this world could be is as a result of creation and a master God who not only brought it into being, but continues to direct it and to give its inhabitants instruction as to how to live. And based upon this incredible mind that he possessed, he was able to come to that conclusion and to persuade tens if not hundreds of thousands of people to follow that way of life. What happened 
when he was circumcised. What happened when he was circumcised? He entered into an entirely different, higher relationship with God. It was no longer based upon even incredibly powerful and developed reason and philosophy. It was something that came about as a result of having a relationship with God that transcends any type of reason or logical argument. It is something which is powerful. It is something which is essential. It is something which is permanent. It is something which cannot be touched on any level. It's not based on argument. It's not based on the conclusion of so-called truth. It is a simple, essential, powerful fact that is beyond any type of argument. Abraham, at the age of 99, actually elevated himself to an incredibly higher level. He became an individual who was now dedicated and devoted to God based upon the mitzvah of Brit Milah, something which brought him to a state of far greater devotion, of far greater holiness. And this is why, as we take a look at the opening of this week's Parsha, something strange is taking place. It says, Vayera Elov Hashem, God appeared to him in a place called Elone Mamre, the plains of Mamre, Vuhu, and he was sitting at the doorway of his tent, and he looked up, and he saw, he saw, strangers coming along the road. He was concerned that nobody was coming so that he could fulfill the mitzvah of bringing hospitality to others. This is something which he wanted to do. But what's strange is not so much the story, which I'm sure you might know as to why it was so hot. God wanted to bring about a state where nobody would be wandering in the along the roads and Avraham could take some time to rest and recuperate. But for some strange reason, for the first couple of sentences, his name is not mentioned, it says, and God appeared to him, and he was sitting, and he saw. It doesn't say God appeared to Abraham, God appeared to him, a love. And it is a bit wondering, how come? That when we are talking about this incredible man who has done this incredible act of devotion of fulfilling the mitzvah of Brit Milah, for some reason his name is omitted. And as we take a look at the end of last week's Parsha, he did it with a tremendous sense of public declaration that he is now going to elevate himself to be a true devoted individual to God. And God to him through Brit, in the middle of the day, Everybody should recognize and know who he was. And yet, as we open this week's Parsha, it seems that something strange, God appeared to him and he was standing. We don't mention his name. We only mention him indirectly again and again. What is that all about? And the answer is, in last week's Parsha, how did it begin? God said, Lech Lecha, go to yourself. What is yourself? Yourself is something which is the very essence of your being. As we well know, a man is a combination, a person is a combination of body and soul. We are physical and we are spiritual. When God created man, he took from the, well, the mud of the earth and he formed the body and then he breathed divine life into this physical clay object and this became a human being. Man is a combination of two things of the lowest elements of the inanimate world as well as the divine breath which animates, which gives him life. And this neshama, this soul that we talk about, this what gives life to the body, is something which is incredibly powerful. 
It has five spiritual levels, only three of which actually are contained within the human being to remain at far higher levels. And therefore, when we speak about you, who is the real you? Is it the lowest level of the soul? Is it the highest level of the soul? Is it as the soul is within the body, outside of the body? Who is the real you? When God says, Lech Lecha, I want you to go, and I want you to go to such a degree that you will change the world, you will do what you have to do that you will recognize yourself and of course self is not merely a body and not merely the lower levels of the soul that are contained within the body but the very highest levels of the soul connected with god himself as our sages tell us that a soul is a it's a part of god himself and this is something that we have to understand ultimately what is the lacha the lacha is the very essence of a person that part of the soul which is connected with god himself this divine spark this divine essence essential spark that connects man with God and, in fact, ultimately gives him life as we understand the soul within the body as well. A concept that is difficult to understand, a concept that will take much time to discuss and study, but a concept nonetheless that we have to know. The Cha is not really you. You is a very vague term. Who are you? Who is you when we talk about you? There are so many ways we can describe you. You being so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, the brother of so-and-so, you who does this, you who does... But who is really the real you? And this is what God told Abraham. And although he came to a tremendous high level of self, knowledge of self as a result of his work, it's only after he fulfilled the mitzvah of Brit Milah, after he fulfilled the mitzvah of circumcision, that he actually came to recognize the very essence of his being. And the very essence of his being transcends his name. Yes, Avraham is a great name. It's a name which indicates that he is the master of the world in so many different ways. He is the father of great nations. He is the father of great ideas. He is the father of change. He is the father of bringing truth to the world, of bringing ethical monotheism to the world. But he is far greater than that. A person is far greater than all the things that define him. Yes, this defines us. We're born here to these parents at this time, etc., with these talents, with these characteristics. Yes, all these things define certain dimensions of us, but the very essence of who and what we are is something which transcends all of that. It is far higher than that. It is something which cannot be called by any type of name because it is, in fact, infinite, in fact, eternal. In fact, it has no definition whatsoever. As the soul does sends into the body, yes, it takes on certain definition, it takes on certain character, it takes on certain dimensions which relate to that particular body that makes that person function in the world. But as the person uses his mind and his heart and his soul to understand who he is and comes to recognize that soul and learns the sources that talk to us about what that soul is all about, begins to understand that the soul is far higher than all those definitions, far greater. It is the very essence of being connected with God himself. And this is why when it says Vayera and God appeared to him, it doesn't say it appeared to Abraham. It appeared to him, to the very essence of Abraham, 
something which transcends his name, something which is far higher than even the great name that he possessed, a name which was extraordinary, a name that talks about such greatness, but who is he? And it goes further than that as well. Suddenly his behavior is guided by that dimension of self as well. What was the greatness of Abraham? He was perfection in terms of chesed, in terms of kindness. He wanted to bring kindness into the world and to show kindness. And this is why, despite the fact that it's an incredibly hot day, he sits at the doorway of his tent waiting for passerby to come so that he can extend some hospitality to them in a hot, dry desert. And this is something that we have to understand. God is visiting him. God is appearing to him by Yerah. God is appearing. And yet Abraham says, now that I know who I truly am, it doesn't mean that I no longer have to fulfill my duties in terms of what I do in this world. I have to do it based upon this new and exciting knowledge of who I truly am, of what I truly am. And this is why the Pasa continues, and he sits and he sees, etc., etc. It's the new he, it's the new person, it's the individual that has touched the very essence of his being. It's the individual who's recognized the essence of his soul. It's the individual who recognized his incredible connection with God at the highest level. That's the new Abraham. And this is something that we have to understand. When we are able to do something extraordinary, when we are able to do something which has tremendous levels of Mesirat Nefesh, of self-sacrifice, what happens to us is that we have new insight into who we are and suddenly our whole vision of the world, our whole ability to function in the world and to do that which has to be done takes on a completely different character, a character that can no longer be defined, but it is essential, it is powerful, it is godly, it is divine, it's the very essence of who and what we are. More of that. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about Avraham. We're talking about the new level that he reached in his life. He recognized the essence of his soul. He recognized that point of the soul which connects him with God directly. And this is why he became an altogether different type of person. And the question is, why was that necessary? After all, Moshe, I mean, Avraham had achieved so many great things in his life up to that point. Why was it necessary for him to come to the higher level and to achieve that recognition of his neshama, of his soul, which is the very essence of his being, which is connected with God, why was all that necessary? And the answer is, as we go through this Parsha, and we don't have all that much time, but as we go through that Parsha, and we take a look at some of the events of this Parsha, we'll begin to understand why it was necessary for Avraham to achieve this new level at the age of 99, when he took on an altogether greater mission in life and leadership role in terms of taking care of the world that God brought into being. First of all, we read about the birth of his son, Yitzchak, the son who succeeds him, the son who becomes the second patriarch, the second one of the three forefathers 
that the Jewish people have. This is the succession. This is the new way from Yaakov, from Yitzchak, it goes to Yaakov, and then on to the 12 tribes. The Jewish people become the great nation, each and every one of us. And because the Jewish people have this incredible mission in the world of being witnesses to the very essence of God, we have to be those individuals who with pride and with dignity and with joy proclaim the presence of God. We need that essential power that although we may ourselves not fully understand or recognize, and perhaps it's only rare individuals even within our own times, that recognize that essential connection between themselves and God, we possess it, we know that it's there, even though we don't fully understand it. And the reason is because we have an eternal mission, no matter where, no matter when. The Jewish people throughout history go into all sorts of situations, forced into all sorts of situations, travel in time and place to every single condition, and it's precisely there that through example and word, we declare the presence of God in the fullest sense of the word, based upon this knowledge, based upon this incredible devotion and faith, that we have that essential connection with God, and therefore we are duty-bound to bring that message to the world with a sense of purpose. We are the individuals who carry the circumcision at the age of eight before knowledge, at the age of eight as an infant, because our dedication cannot be described in logical, reasonable, adult, intellectual terms. It is something which is essential. It is something which transcends time and place. And because Yitzchak has to be born. Avraham has to come to this new level because now he has to pass it on to his child and to his grandchild and to his great-grandchildren and great-grandchildren until the very end of time when Mashiach will come and his children have to be motivated at that level with the awareness, with the knowledge that comes about as a result of the fact that they know that their soul is directly connected with God. And this is why when God decides to destroy the city of Sodom of Sodom and the other four surrounding towns, he comes to Avraham because he knows that Avraham has a tremendous sense of leadership responsibility in this world. Does Avraham accept what God is going to say? I'm going to destroy that city because its immoral behavior can no longer be tolerated. Avraham argues with God. Can you imagine? God says something and Avraham argues with him. After all, Avraham is a man of faith. God says something. Abraham should accept it without question, but Avraham says no. Let me try and save these people. Abraham knows full well that the people of Sodom are sinful and therefore deserve to be punished. Abraham knows full well that God is absolutely justified in going and planning to do what he wants to do. But nonetheless, he feels a tremendous sense of responsibility because now that new dimension of his soul that was revealed to him tells him who and what he is, and therefore he cannot be limited by any set of conditions, and therefore even the most sinful have to be given a certain amount of concern. Perhaps they can be saved. And this is why he turns to God and says, what happens if you have... 50 righteous men, if you have 45, 30, 25 until 10, Avraham desperately tries to save even those corrupt 
immoral people of Sodom and the surrounding cities, trying to argue with God because now he has a new sense of greater leadership. Up to the point that he was circumcised, yes, he changed the world and he taught the world, but the sense of leadership wasn't penetrated until unto the very essence. Now it's unto the very essence. And this is why. And this is why he has to have that awareness, that knowledge, which comes about only as a result of having fulfilled the mitzvah of Brit Milah. And not only that, but toward the end of the Parsha, with the greatest test that Avraham is going to be tested by God himself, by being asked to take his only beloved son, Yitzchak, and bring him onto the altar. Avram has to have a new dimension of Mesirat Nefesh. He has to have a new dimension of self-sacrifice, which can only come when a person understands and knows the essence of their being. And this is why the Jewish people throughout history, we have become the symbol of sacrifice again and again and again. This is the strength that Abraham gave us, Abraham the patriarch, the one who recognized the essential bond between himself and God, between the very essence of his neshama, the essence of each and every one of us has that neshama and that bond. This is why we have the capacity for self-sacrifice at the highest level time and again. And yet while we suffer and while we are hurt, we stand up again and we rebuild, we rebuild with a sense of pride, with a sense of tremendous concern and with a sense of tremendous joy as well. We continue, we continue, we continue because that is who we are. We are an eternal people because we have the gift of eternal element within ourselves. Our neshamas are eternal. Our neshamas are connected with the eternal God himself. And as we go through this Parsha, we have to hear that message again and again and again. There is a new person here, and that new person is Avraham, who has, at the age of 99, achieved an altogether different level of life and responsibility, a new sense of greatness, a new sense of purpose, a new sense of devotion, a new sense of taking care of the world that God created. So this is why when you're in shul tomorrow, first of all, it is the Shabbos project. And I'm sure you're going to be there with many, many, many friends. Take the time, sit, and perhaps tonight at the Shabbos table, ask people to pick up a chumash and to read portions of this parsha and to discuss it, to ask the questions, to try and understand who this great man was and how he, as our progenitor, as our father, gave us this strength as well. And while we may not fully understand it, we know that it's there as a result of the incredible faith. So this is a great time to share Torah knowledge at the Shabbos table. This is a great time to study the Parsha together. So many more people will be observing the Shabbos, and it's a good time a great time to examine the Parsha's will. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen carefully to every word. If you can't follow the Hebrew, follow in English, read the story, try to understand who this man is. But most importantly, try to understand the lesson that we can learn from this great man to make it our own. It's a fascinating story because it's a story which touches the very essence of our being. Have a great Shabbos project. Good Shabbos.